Good afternoon or good evening, good people. We are in episode six of Everybody Loves Bliss, and I am Bliss. How's everyone doing out there? Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. No, seriously, hello. <laughs> Kevin Bohorn, you came back. I know. So soon. Yeah, it's, it's all good, though. I was excited by the invitation I and, and honored. Um, let me say. Let I me like say. that. Well, I yeah, like this, that. This was a fun time. So, so good stuff. Well, thank you. And, and let yeah. me tell you. Let's let's tell the truth. What happened was, we did have someone else who was supposed to come in that couldn't make uh-uh, it. No, 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 no. Not no. I'm an understudy. No, you are not an understudy because look, I could have done this show alone. Mm-hmm. But look, I cheated you the last time you were here. Did you? I cheated you because we recorded oh, with right. wine. And then we had to re-record because that recording that's didn't right. do well. So I'm in here sweating like the county dog in here, drinking this wine with you now. This wine is making me sweat, good people. We're doing a red wine today. A Tempranillo. Are you liking this, Kevin? I do, actually. It's um, it's not dry, which is my requirement for red. Okay. Um, it's not Malbec. Um, okay. But it's not dry either, so I'm I'm okay. I'm good with it. What has me sweat? You yeah. can see me sweating. Yeah. He can see me sweating. You all yeah, can't see me. I don't sweating. know that I buy it again, but um, oh, it's not bad. I, mean, it's I won't bad. get it again. Man. It's a product of Spain, though. I, I like I love Spain. Viva okay. España. Okay, you see how we started talking about the 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 wine as soon as I. I opened up the show. Absolutely. That's where I am right now. Right. So I cheated you. So I needed to bring you back with wine. No, that, I like you no, better I, on wine. I appreciate that. I, okay. I like me better on wine too. So, uh, you know, okay. it's a consensus. And this show is a little a little fluffier today. We, I think we're going to be a little lighter today, even though I can't promise that. I can't promise. Okay, Kevin's making right. a face. He knows I'm never light. Right. I was going to say, are you ever light? Yeah. No, I'm not. Let me just say, Kevin, before we came in, and for everyone who's listening, today is Sunday. It is actually the last day of August. Am I correct? Yes. That is correct. That is correct. It's, it's okay, August so it's the first. last day of August. So it's been a minute since I've been here. I think I was here. Our last episode recorded the week before my birthday. And shout outs to everyone. And thank you to everyone for the birthday love. Um, you guys with the texts and the emails and the messages and the Facebook messages. Now, not on the Everybody Loves Bliss page, because that just opened actually on my birthday. I made that promise and kept it. Oh, good. So, and good. I know you're a fan. I am. Thank I you. Am. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. And shout outs to Af- South Africa. South Africa, when I looked and checked the list, I have so many people um, who have loved the Facebook page from South Africa. So I oh, wow. really, every, I don't know why. but oh, That's pretty cool. And I am really, truly sweating. But anyway, we're going to get through this. So. I'm not sweating, folks. So No, you're you know, not. Kind of I'm like, sweating. Sometimes when the wine good. is really strong, I start to sweat. I aerate it and everything, and I'm still that's, sweating. That's but. the sign of an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> as much is true. I still got to work on my tolerance. But, um, okay, so this morning what I wanted to do was make sure that we were timely because there's some things we're going to get back to that I talked about in the um, some of the other episodes. But this morning when I went to check to see what was going on in the news, um, the first thing I saw this morning was uh, Joan Rivers, comedian Joan Rivers, uh, is in serious condition. She's actually in a medically induced coma. Um Hmm. Uh, actually, I, I don't I don't know that you heard it, but you should have, Kevin. When oh. uh, Ayana Dookie was here, I made mention of Joan Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I, I did hear that. You did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joan. It's it's interesting because I I think that um, Joan is an interesting character. I, I um, think she's one of the comedians that has pushed it to the edge and maybe knocked it off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking at the messages this morning, I was shocked, but not at some of the commentary um, surrounding her being in this um, 
I don't want to say commentary meaning fan commentary no, or or uh, just public commentary to the story. Um, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Twitter okay, com- gotcha, I should say Twitter gotcha, comments. Okay. I, I call that commentary, but the gotcha, Twitter comments gotcha, today, okay. or the Twitter posts today, on uh, Joan. Um, I, I'm sure you are aware. Um, and let me just say this first. Um, my, my prayers to her family, and especially to her daughter and her grandson. I know this is a very, very difficult. Um, time for them and and prayers to Joan too because no matter what I think about what she does personally I'm not going to wish anything negative on her um and um and and let me go to the comments um some of the comments weren't uh I won't even repeat them here's what I'll say is that there was a lot of um Comments that reflected back on her recent statement that she made about Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, are you aware of that? I am aware, and largely because a a friend of mine from high school made a similar comment. Um, basically, when the story broke, you know, Wait, before, l- let me make sure I'm understanding. They made yeah. a similar a similar comment, comment about, about Palestine, about not about Palestine, oh. but about basically um, the universe coming back to get her. For her comment, for oh, her comment that, about oh, Palestine. Oh, your friend said. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Okay, so yeah. so and basically, I, that's what was what yeah. I read. Um, and again, I won't repeat word for word, but I, I do want to um, just so people have some context. Um, this is what Joan said. Um, she was uh, stopped by what I believe is a TMZ reporter. And asked uh, about her feelings on Palestine and what was going on in Gaza. Oh, she says, oh, my God, tell that to the people in Hiroshima. She says, good, good. When you declare war, you you declare war. They started it. We now won't count uh, the dead. If you're dead, you're dead. You deserve to be dead. Don't you dare make me feel bad about that. Hmm. Wow, I'm even reading this and getting a little. Mm -hmm. Um, They were told to get out. They didn't get out. You don't get out. You're an idiot. At least the ones who were killed were the ones with low IQs. Uh, that's a highly inflammatory statement. Um, I know I was not happy with the statements that Joe made after Whitney Houston passed uh, mm-hmm. and also uh, after Michael Jackson passed. And there, and there was uh, the comment that she made in reference to the girls who were locked in the basement. I can't mm-hmm. remember the, the right, girls' names. In, in, um in like the Midwest somewhere, in, in the like Midwest. Ohio, so yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember, so. I remember that there was a comment. I don't remember the specific. Oh, it was, stuff. it was a, you know, yeah. it was sort of like a, a off. Well, it wasn't a sort of. It was a way off color joke that she made about it, um, and she was brought to task about it. And of course, she defended it. Um, what is your feeling about the situation now with with Joan Rivers? Well, Are you one of those poli- people mean, that believes karma comes back? Is I mean, I do do generally believe that the universe um, does not necessarily appreciate certain energy. And I do generally believe that the universe either rewards positive energy or gives you some coaching for not so positive energy. Um, Do I necessarily believe that, you know, and this, by the way, is what many people just describe as karma. Um, But do I necessarily believe that this isn't, instance of karma maybe maybe not 
Um, Does karma start but, and stop, or are we continuously? I, I in don't a, know, in and that, a rhythm of karma. And see, that's kind of, that's kind of where I talk about with respect to why I talk about it. You know, I, you know, I have kind of like different opinions about certain. You can be terms, very esoteric about but, how you. But yes. um, yeah, I just kind of part of the reason that I refer to this kind of energy as the universe rewarding or giving you coaching is because I do feel like I do feel like karma is ongoing. Um, I just generally feel like. What you're feeding into the world um, generally triggers what the world feeds you. Okay. Um, you know, certainly there are some circumstances that are just out of sync with any kind of pattern. But generally speaking, I do feel like, you know, the universe slaps your hand um, in some instances when it needs to be slapped. Um, I, I, like you, am definitely praying for Joan Rivers. I have been a Joan Rivers fan for any number of years. Um, I think I respect Joan Rivers as a businesswoman. I respect her as a survivor. You know, I mean, we're talking about a, a woman who has um, triumphed over the suicide of her spouse, for example. So, I mean, I, I definitely have a lot of respect for her. But similarly, you know, kind of attended to that, I just fear that she um, does not necessarily re- regard um, the rewards that the universe has given her with respect to her commentary about some other, other situations. situations yeah. um, and, a- you know, th- there's a difference between the comments she made about Palestine from the comments that she makes on Fashion Police. Um, right, exactly. Week. Because, I mean, exactly. I, th- I think that, exactly. you know, the, the kind of catty commentary that she makes on Fashion Police is not unlike what many of us do, you know, who do not necessarily have a TV audience, what many of us do on social media as we're watching an award show mm-hmm. or something. Um, so, I mean, I think that that is relatively harmless. Um, but uh, I do think that, I think that because most comedians are brilliant, most successful comedians, I think, are really, really brilliant minds. I think, I think it takes a really like incisive view to really um, turn commentary in a way that makes it so relatable that it's funny. But I, um, I don't think those comments. But some of those no, comments. No, they're are not funny. funny. But I'm just, and they weren't relatable. But, but no, I'm just <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying that. I just feel that often comedians take what they usually use for good, and sometimes trip themselves up a bit and and make these kinds of blunders that result in their you know you know joan is 81 right so we're talking about a person who has had a lot of life a lot of living so i i don't i think that um even though it's interesting about this last comment about um palestine she she claimed that her words were taken out of context well i i don't think Oh, they I don't think there's any way to take what she, what she oh, said no, no, no. out of context. No, it, no, uh, not at all because it, it was actually recorded. Yeah, I don't it was, think it I was, a, it was like I said, the the yeah. uh, gentleman. I think it was TMZ, and if it wasn't TMZ, sorry. Right. That, that's but just an excuse TMZ. because it got reported. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But. So it was not taken out of context. I think she's been deliberately um, mean spirited, and I right. think she's been a little careless with people's, like you said, about the sensitivities of others, and mm. you know. And I, I'm 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 praying that the best situation happens. I, I don't know what that means. Right. Um, I don't. I don't uh, have a vision for what that means. That that's kind of where I am with that. But okay, I just wanted to bring that because that was the first thing that popped up today. So yeah. again, and, and you know, and I think that her daughter is smart enough and savvy enough mm-hmm. that um, 
she knows her mom mm. and i don't think that anything that she's probably reading right. is surprising to her no and i, and I believe I think she's probably very prepared right. for and i believe that melissa's getting. statement the other day where she indicated that her mother would really her mother would find it heartwarming about the outpouring of support that she realizes. I think Melissa, in issuing that statement, recognizes that, or is even acknowledging that her mother would probably be really surprised by the amount right. of sympathy that she is, I mean, seriously, <laughs> right. I think so that too. she is generating that, based on right. finding herself in a vulnerable situation. So I, I do and believe, that I, have respect yeah, for. I do believe yeah. that that was a very carefully worded yeah, I statement from Melissa on behalf of the family. And again, I, I wish I wish her well. I mean, I remember um, you know, as a high school student, one of the first live performances that I actually saw was a John Rivers concert at really? Meriwether Post Pavilion at the time when she had that that album about like what becomes a legend most or something like that. Um, awesome. But I mean, you know, she's hilarious. I mean, she's she's she she's, has been. She's she really can yeah. Be. She's really hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and cool. and again, I also respect you know as somebody who. Um, was auditioning to be a QVC on-air personality at the time that she started her Joan Rivers jewelry collection. Oh, did I you? Actually, yeah, I actually had a okay. chance to meet her when I was having my audition for QVC. Okay. And she was really, 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 really super nice. Okay. Um, really, really nice. She wished me well mm-hmm. and the whole deal. But, um, you know, so I, I like her. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, okay. sometimes the universe comes back to get you. Okay, and so, we're going to leave that yeah. right there. You know, we, we are, um, again, we are almost finished this bottle of wine, and uh, another thing that happened that I read this morning is that Napa had another earthquake. This is a week after they just had one. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, uh, and, you know again, I this one was uh, 3.4 this morning. It was four miles outside of Napa. Now, you know mm-hmm. that first one caused $362 million worth of damage. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened with this one. You know, I'm nervous about my wine. I know. Yeah, I'm a little I, I scared about what's going to happen with the wine. So we better enjoy this, really. Yeah, I was going to say, well, fortunately, this wine is coming from Spain. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know. But I, I get a lot of wines from Napa. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I have to admit that I think possibly because most of the wine that I drink is Malbec, which is like. Yes, that Argen- was your, that's his little hint to tell me the next if he comes yeah, exactly, in again yeah, to not have uh, red wine unless yeah, it's a Malbec. I, 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 want I really to need that. I really need the next random red wine to not be so random. Oh, but, um, but uh, oh, that's a little child. <laughs> but um, I t- you yes. know I actually chose this based yeah. on reviews. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I think that um, I'm, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah. I and I read several reviews. I was expecting a yeah. little more fruit yeah. flavored, but yeah. okay. I, l- I love the fact that it's not dry. But I mean, to address yeah. the to address the situation in Napa, I am I am definitely always troubled when wine is jeopardized. Oh, me too. Um, I am I'm nervous. Kind of on a more on a less personal level, I am also kind of always troubled when I just am. Did you say trouble? Trouble be, just because <laughs> just because I respect I, just that. I respect I respect the potential losses for the business people okay. who are producing okay. wine. I thought that I, was the personal also, loss of yeah, not I mean, being I also the respect, your favorite. Yeah, and no, I also respect the um, the personal losses or the losses to the community, which you know a large part Thrive. of a large part of um, wine. Yeah, Napa. Yeah. You know, Napa Valley. Um, thrives on tourism yes. and, and the, the you know the economic boost that they've received from that. Now, fortunately, the last earthquake, you know, there were you know vintners who had damages, who sustained damage, mm-hmm. and 
and there were vendors who did not. And as a result, the tourism didn't fall off Thank the last goodness. time. Yeah. Um, but yet it does just sort of become disturbing because you just really never, you know, somebody who really like is, prou- is proud to be American and really just wants this economy to thrive and survive. Right. And um, as a tourist, even though this yeah. earthquake was not as serious as the one last week, right. I'm still thinking to myself, okay, two earthquakes within yeah, two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Within yeah. a week, actually, right. yeah, from Sunday to Sunday. Yeah, so, so, yeah, we yeah. are nervous about that. Yeah. Um, but let's go on to another part of America. Mm-mm. Yes, okay. we, we're going here. We're going back to Ferguson. Oh, okay. I, actually, you didn't join me. Actually, Ferguson had not happened. No, um, yeah, I was going to say the Ferguson were, episode had not happened no, when that I was happened first here. Afterwards, so. Right. Oh, and you are... Very kindly, not willing to call anyone racist. Has, have your feelings changed about I Very briefly, have your feelings changed about that? Are you still with, I'm not willing to call anyone racist? Based on what we are seeing in this country, are, are you still there? I really am. Okay. Um, and I really just, I really, really, really just want to. I, f- I find myself, um, my, my philosophy about that matches sort of the, the, the statement that Hillary Clinton finally made when she basically said we're better than that. Um, but I, we're not. I, well, I mean, you <laughs> know what if I'm we saying. were, we would be doing Her comment different. that we're better than that really means that we should be better than that. I just really, I don't know. I That's just not really, enough. I just, you know, and I, That's I'm, not I'm hardly naive, but um, yeah, that's just not. That's not a word that I'm still willing to. Okay. And I, I think, I think that I'm, I will say that in light of Ferguson, part of where I think I am with respect to referring to instances such as this as cultural insensitivity, maybe actually that I just don't. I may just not even want to acknowledge. But that it exists. But I don't. I just don't even know. I mean, it's just, just, just drive me if crazy. If you're not willing to acknowledge, how do we expect other folks? who are actually racist to acknowledge their own racism. One of the things that I did in the last episode um, of um, the show is that I issued a call of sorts to um, my Caucasian brethren <laughs> um, to speak out because I, I, you know, I noticed that there was this uncomfortable silence. And I'll, I'll talk specifically on my Facebook um, because I have a lot of folks who are... Uh, not of color on my page mm-hmm. who I, I adore and I love and have good mm-hmm. relationships with. But I, I, I so, was yeah. just a little uncomfortable with the fact um, and curious about why there wasn't any commentary, anything being said. Um, this affects everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, when things I like agree. this go on, I, you know, I mentioned John Crawford in the last episode and John Crawford is the uh, gentleman who was shot in the Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did not know at the time was that there was a woman in the Walmart at the time that John Crawford was shot. And I apologize, I should have had her name. Mm -hmm. Um, But a Caucasian woman, 37 years old, a mother of two, who also died that day. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she died was because of what was going on in the Walmart when John Crawford was being shot. Mm -hmm. She was was running, Mm -hmm. trying to get away. She was so afraid and got so overcome, she actually had a heart attack and mm. died in the Walmart. Mm. So whether you're getting shot. Right. Or reacting to or getting reacting shot. Or reacting. Right. right. Or someone getting shot. Or, right. right. Um, everyone is affected in some mm. way. And I, I have to thank two people. I have to thank uh, a friend of mine named uh, Robin DeVoe Randall. She actually listened to the podcast and... 
Um, she's not aware that I'm calling her out, but I'm calling her out in the most positive, loving way. Um, she sent me a message on Facebook, and um, I'm just going to read a little bit for you. She said, thank you for doing this podcast. I love the discussion about Ferguson, especially. What happened, again, in parentheses, sickens me. And you both were right. I didn't see a lot or any discussion about it going on amongst white folks. By the way, she is a white woman. Mm -hmm. So so everyone knows. Um, and she said, and you were right about how they, me, white folks, like a dancing puppy, but we don't comment or get involved in the Ferguson discussion on social media. For me, I don't know how I feel. Excuse me. I don't know. I don't know how. I feel like anything I might add would be trivial. No excuse, just being honest. But it does break my heart more than you could know. And I'm sorry this happened, and I'm sorry and embarrassed about how, how white folks act. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to apologize for all of them. I'm just going to leave it there because I mm -hmm. get kind of filled up just reading it. First mm -hmm. of all, Robin, thank you so much for your comment. And I don't mm -hmm. feel like you That's have great. to apologize for all white folks. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you... Uh, she goes on further to talk about how she's teaching her daughter not mm -hmm. to be racist. I think that just that in itself, just acknowledging and speaking up and doing the work with her own child is so important. And when I responded to her, I thanked her and I told her, I said, you know, what she can do is what she did on my page is to continue to talk to her relatives and her mm -hmm. friends. Um, and if she hears a discussion about Ferguson and the information is incorrect, or there's a perception that is wrong, she can stand up and correct it. That's mm -hmm. what she can do to add to it. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. it, nothing she's saying here is trivial at all. And I don't want her to think for two seconds, and I said that to her, that it was trivial. I really am um, very happy and proud that she answered the call. And also John Stewart mm -hmm. um, from The Daily Show. Um, what a profound. Yeah, that was. First that of was, all, are you deep. are you aware that he actually took the pepper spray? He uh, yeah. challenge because mm -hmm. not a lot of people were talking about yeah. that. So he actually allowed himself to be pepper to sprayed be pepper into your right, gas. Right. Woo. Okay. Yeah. Um, and see, I think I, I definitely think that in this, this goes back to to kind of where I am with respect to addressing racism through the lens of cultural insensitivity. I honestly and truly think that instances like John Stewart taking the pepper spray, you know, John Stewart who is a member of the majority population mm -hmm. taking the pepper spray well, challenge. That's questionable. But well, okay. you know what I'm saying. But um, John Stewart who is not black, um, Hillary Clinton who is not black, making these kinds of statements that basically force the majority population to put themselves in the place of black folks. Like, for example, I think that it's different for um, a black person to say, imagine if you were more likely, you're three times more likely to be stopped while driving than, than the black person driving behind you. Ima just imagine that. I think that when I think that when members of the majority population pose their question to the majority you don't population, say white people. they start to. Is that what you, you don't well, want to yeah, say? Well, yeah, I mean, it? you know, because <laughs> we, I, I know you really, folks. I know you're really careful. But, Kevin. but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like we can um, say the words white folks. Okay, um, but you know what I'm saying? When when black folks, black black folks say something like that, it puts white folks on edge. 
Um, and it and, exactly and, it does. And it shouldn't, I, but it, it does. It should not. I agree. And you know, again, you and I talk about off line, off mic, a lot about the whole theory of the, the you know behind the pedagogy of the oppressed. It's the, it's with, the most brilliant book with, that I think with, everyone right, should read. With actually. respect to the fact that the the oppressed population bears the responsibility. responsibility to educate the oppressive population exactly. about the existence of cultural insensitivity slash racism. Um, I just think that um, phrases like cultural insensitivity make white folks less defensive. I think that, I mean, if you looked at some of the instances that, that uh, instances of reporting that John Stewart highlighted in his piece about Ferguson. Uh, he um, talked about Sean these, Hannity. The, these people, like, do you, do you really, real, like, you know, I was kind of with him, like, are you really that clueless? Like, and, seriously? And let me, let me give context it to that. It was hilarious to me. Uh, Sean Hannity, who I know is a favorite of yours, I'm saying that jokingly. Of whose? Oh. <laughs> I can see. I can see you. You starting to rear Mark, up. Oh my God! No. <laughs> so Sean Hannity um, had the nerve to make a comment about how we, we meaning mm-hmm. African Americans, Black folks, should handle a police confrontation. He's giving advice right. to Black folks. So right. he says when a cop pulls him over, he puts his hands out of the car, and if he's carrying a weapon, he tells the police officer he has a legal firearm mm-hmm. in the car. Then he goes on to say, I often would step out of the car and lift my shirt right. to show the officer. Right. Are you freaking right. kidding Meanwhile, me? Meanwhile, if I were in the car behind him and had a legal firearm or didn't, first of all, the officer would probably not even be likely to let me get out of the car. Right. Um, and if you start so, there, you, you might yeah. have a few and, seconds. Right. Heaven forbid I lift my shirt. or exactly. or. or or reach for my waist or anything else, even right. a, even after I say I don't have a weapon. Right. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I hear you. Are we forgetting I, that Mike Brown had his, had his hands up? I, oh, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, so, no, no. I mean, I, no. I'm not, I'm you, not forgetting but it, think, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the ridiculousness of that statement. Yeah. Hannity obviously um, forgot it. But he what? <laughs> I said Hannity obviously forgot it. But no, he didn't yeah. forget it. Yeah, it's it's, it's that arrogance. Like, it's, it's the arrogance of Hannity. Is it arrogance or is it ignorance? I'd say both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of which, just to give some example, um, on the 19th, I think it was, you know that the St. Louis police were, they were involved in another mm-hmm. shooting. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I remember that being the date, but I'm familiar with it. I think it was, I think it was the 19th. Because I, I try yeah. to remember things around my birthday. I'm still oh, talking okay. about it, right? Oh, <laughs> my birthday was in July, so I'm, I'm a lot less date sensitive in August. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really... <laughs> but um, Kajimi, I think his name was Kajimi, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, because I, I can mess up a name I know. Kajimi Powell, um, the gentleman in St. Louis, he had taken um, two sodas and some donuts out mm-hmm. of a store. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obvious because what happened was he took the items, sat them on the curb. There's actually mm-hmm. a video for anyone who did not see it. Um, uh, on YouTube, he sat them on the curb, um, and he was pacing around mm-hmm. and sort of talking to himself, which is an indication that there's an issue, mm-hmm. that there's a that there's some kind of mental mm-hmm. um, issue, whether it's or, mental health or, or drug is- induced, or an issue that should be obvious to anybody who is With- 
intelligent enough to be educated about such things. But exactly. And if ahead. you're a police officer, you really should <laughs> right. be. You should be. Because those things can right. happen if somebody's in a Precisely. diabetic state and they're low sugar. Yeah. So that can happen yeah. as well. So we, right. we need to be clear that these police officers really need some retraining. Right. But anyway, the gentleman is pacing, sort of talking to himself and what happens. And um, so initially, the tape that I looked at, the, the gentleman who was taping him was sort of thought it was humorous. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he thought it was humorous, but he did. Well, so, be- because he was also not really educated enough to have a concept of what was going on, could, unfortunately. They, there we go. Right. But So the gentleman is, uh, Mr. Powell is on the street and he's pacing and his items are on the uh, sidewalk and he's still mm-hmm. pacing but people are walking by so he's not attacking anyone mm-hmm. he is making some comments about don't try to take them from me I th- something like that mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not clear but when the police arrive and I just watched the video today another thing this morning that's the other reason why I made sure to have some wine here today mm-hmm. uh, is that um, they arrived within 20 seconds this guy was dead right. they gave him 20 seconds Mm-hmm. There was no rationalizing. Mm-hmm. There was no attempt to um, de-escalate the situation. 20 seconds. And here is what added insult to injury. After he was dead, they cuffed him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, cultural insensitivity. Uh, there's another story that um, the great, you know, I love Jesse Williams. Did I tell you that? No. no, I don't think, mm. you see, you weren't here for my love for Jesse Williams. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jesse Williams is from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and I love his activism. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with who he is. but you, Okay. I, I and who would have right. thought, I mean, right. you know, based yeah. on the Grey's character, that this right. brother is such exactly. a brother. Exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. exactly. So he posted about um, Jared Leon, um, who is an 18-year-old, who was high on mushrooms. And this is in Beaver City, Oregon. Mm-hmm. High on mushrooms. I don't know what started the police or how the police were called, but police are wrestling with him. Do you know that when you're high on certain drugs, you get what my cousin calls, which I think is hysterical. She calls it monkey strength. Because you... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite. Not, so, not touching that one, but okay. Yeah. So he has monkey strength. This is a Caucasian gentleman. So um, that means you're just super strong. Right. You, you know, there's certain. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. he has. So anyway, the police are, he's uh, irrational. He's erratic. He's, for whatever reason, the police are called. There are several police officers wrestling him, several mm-hmm. of them. He grabs the police officer's gun, fires it. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, he's okay. Right. Yeah, wrong. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, there, there are just too many incidents of just yeah, I mean, unfair administration of what is supposed to be police policy. Yeah. And we just cannot keep overlooking it. And we cannot not call it what it is. Yeah. Now, um, now, in this effort to bring peace to the situation, mm-hmm. my dear sister, Iyanla, went to <laughs> Ferguson. <laughs> And I get what we're trying to do. I, I get why all of the community, I won't say all of them, but most of the black leaders, community leaders, pastors, mm-hmm. activists went to Ferguson. There's mm-hmm. work to be done there. So right. I was very excited initially when Iyanla, I knew she was going, and mm-hmm. um, they did the special. It's the Fix My Life, her mm-hmm. special in Ferguson. Did you see the special? I didn't. See, I've seen excerpts from the special, um, mostly. I, I, the the largest segment that I, the greatest segment that I saw, or most expansive segment that I saw, was the the prayer that she did, kind of at the which end. was very oh at and the I, end okay. And I saw, I mean, actually, I think it was. I don't even think it was part of the special. I do, do just feel like it was recorded, 
afterward. I, I've only seen excerpts of the special. So okay. I mean, I know what happened. Okay. You know, I know what happened during the special. Okay. Because I mean, you know I'm not happy. Yeah. No, I, and I'm, I'm assuming that you're not happy basically because of the fact that she apparently um, tried to force something of an apology situation where, um, what, you know, I, the... the you know, the, was it the Mike Brown's grandfather? I didn't even had see to, that. Had to kind of give forgive somebody. For, I don't I, know. I didn't even I just, get to that. I don't. I don't even get to that. But here's what happened: is that um, she had a brief um, discussion with the police chief of Ferguson. He said mm-hmm. everything, but I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. First of all, I had an issue with that, and and right. she mentioned, you know, this happened on your watch and blah blah blah. You know, she's famous for the on your watch on my watch. Mm-hmm. But he said everything, but I'm sorry, which I thought he should have said. But again. Um, but she met with a group of young African-American gentlemen from the neighborhood, some guys mm-hmm. from the hood. A few of them admitted gang members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this conversation on what we, we need to be doing. Um, and she talked about how if you have your pants down and, you know, the, she talked about black on black crime. And if we're killing us, mm-hmm. you know, does that give them permission to kill us or that teaches them how to treat us? And, and I mean... First of all, I think that there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was the correct time for that conversation. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the that. conversation came up where she started asking the gentleman about black fathers being in the home. She asked him where you, about their fathers being in the home. Mm-hmm. I think that was sort of what lit the match for me. I was just, I was just totally done. I think that the context for African-Americans that everything that happens with us goes back to black men not being in the home mm-hmm. is a ridiculous notion. And I'm really yeah, I mean, very I, sick I of I would that. agree with that largely because of the fact that, you know, my own family um, structure as an African-American is pretty matriarchal. Um, Mine too. And um, it would not have been acceptable for me to have fallen into any of i guess the behaviors that many people excuse as having been you know resulting from the lack of a, um, a strong male role model so i i, I hear you on that but i in will the just context of mike brown what how would that have saved him yeah. first of all his father's uh, was obviously involved with exactly. him he had, so he had how a would father and have... a stepfather from what i could tell exactly but, so how would that so have yeah. saved him anyway no. how and would that have saved him that has nothing to do with the fact that this young male was gunned down. He was executed in the street. He mm-hmm. was left in the street for four hours mm-hmm. on the in the in the summer sun. Right. He had his hands up. That has yeah. nothing to do with it. And and again, if you're going to talk about if we're going to talk about black fathers not being home, it, it's time for us to talk about historically why that is or when that but, started. But see, here's here's what here's here's why, and just to not detour too far off the Aeonic. My concern with it, which is part of the reason that I didn't really necessarily watch the special, is largely because I feel that Ianla has a very valid brand as a leader in terms of psychology. I do too. Um, however, I feel that Ianla's brand of psychology is more centered toward R- familial psychology exactly. than toward... Criminal psychology. And, criminal psychology. Exactly. and I just think that I personally just didn't really check into the special because I just felt like she was out of her lane. Um, I was and, hopeful. I really and, was. Well, yeah, see, I didn't nec- I wasn't necessarily hopeful largely because, you know, Al Sharpton 
recently was defending the fact that, and I think it was, I don't know if it was Harbaugh or Chris, Harbaugh with Chris Matthews aware of it, but he was basically defending himself against the criticism that he and Jesse Jackson and some other civil rights leaders appear kind of every time there is a a situation with respect to like, well, exactly. And then, you know, as John Stewart pointed out, Fox News will criticize them if they don't show up. Exactly. And Al Sharpton basically, you know, qualified that in every instance, such as Trayvon Martin's family, even going back to Tawana Brawley's family, Mm -hmm. that, you know, and, you know, and, and ending with Mike Brown's situation, that he is generally present because the family has asked him to be exactly. present. Um, so part of the reason that I had a problem with Ianla was, I don't necessarily know that I think she was asked to be present <laughs> so by the family. you think you needed an invitation? So, so, I don't, I don't and you know, how I feel, you know how I feel about stunts. I personally felt that Ianla's presence was more rating stunt. It, than, than motivated by any amount of genuine concern for the family. I, th- I certainly think that as an African-American woman, she has a genuine compassion for the plight of African-Americans who are on the oh, on the receiving does. end mom, of a, on, right yeah. on the receiving and end. as a woman who and has a, struggled and through. as a woman who has lost a child right um, I definitely get that she has some of you know definitely some compassion from that and some experience from that standpoint exactly I just do not feel that she has the psychological training necessary. She may. I'm not going to say. It but her, demonstrated her brand, in this her brand yeah. does not reflect the psychological training that would really lead to her being present based on a criminal psychology kind of thing as opposed to just kind of like the whole, the fix my life thing, that's like soft skills to me. Um, I, you know, I, and it's you know just not kind even of going like, that deep, Kevin, even just, though I think you're correct. I, yeah. But not even going that deep. I don't, I don't think you have to uh, be psychologically trained or uh, I think you just need to be common, need some common sense. I think mm. that there was some lack of that in this particular no problem, um, special. I just think that but the again, conversation I, I, was and I feel like, I feel like all that, over the place. I feel like that lack of common sense revealed itself because she wasn't in her lane it was just like lady this is this is not your brand stay but in I, your lane but i think that there are plenty of people who, who are not necessarily uh, degreed or doctored up that could have gone and had that conversation and made more sense about it oh i just i just think i don't and i, I won't speak to her intention because right. i think her intention yeah, I mean, probably was good but right. i think that you know again going back to the context of of black fathers being out of the home i'm going to give a real abridged version of this you got to know some of the history of that i'm not making excuses because mm-hmm. i'm like you came from a home that was right major yeah right. I, I was i was gonna say another i was gonna say something else but right. yeah let's sum it up well, to let's that. go with major offer like <laughs> yeah that, I'm, I'm gonna yeah i'll right. just sum it up to that um and, and um with that you you have to understand that post-civil rights what happened in this country was that right after civil rights came women's rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, there was the introduction of welfare. Mm-hmm. And welfare was presented initially sort of as a gift to African-Americans for the injustices. It was supposed to even the field economically. 
And, you know, the, the job market was what it was during that time for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, that black women basically worked as domestics. And if they mm-hmm. were educated, they were um, doctors and teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, um, nurses teachers, and teachers, most ter- right. nurses and teachers. Mm-hmm. And you had black men who were professors, but there weren't a whole lot of jobs with mm-hmm. that. But when the introduction of welfare came, again, that's at the time of... Um, the women's rights movement and feminism. And let's be honest, feminism had nothing to do with rights for all women. It was for white women. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, the, those jobs that should have opened up to minorities really went to white women. So you had more black men without jobs. You had the introduction of welfare and the requirement for welfare at that time most people need to have not seen Claudine. I am only <laughs> familiar with it as a little kid. I really need to see it again as an adult adult. I saw it sort of in my 20s and kind of right. got it then. Well, it's on all. It's on TV one all I the time. <laughs> but so. that movie kind of breaks it down is that if you had welfare, you could not have a husband. Basically, you could not have a male mm-hmm. in the home. And social right. workers came to the home. And if they to saw make, to a make shoot, sure that there to make sure there wasn't right. a male right. in the home. Right. So it was really there to, it looked nice on paper, but what it was there for was to really divide mm-hmm. the family, the right. African-American family. And most people don't know that history and don't right. understand that. So there was really a play on us a deliberate play on us to break the family structure down. And it worked. Mm. And right after that, you had the introduction of these new drugs. And I won't give you too much history, but people need to know the history of the Mm. country and especially about the history of what went on in specific neighborhoods in African-American mm. communities. So that began the absence of black males in the home. Right. So you got to understand where that comes from. Again, it's no excuse right. because we are 2014 and we need to know better, but we need to start understanding our history. Mm. And for someone who is educated and conscious and aware to keep introducing that story as the answer to why everything is happening in the african-american community Mm. especially if you're looking at a mike brown situation to me is just ridiculous sorry i I just cannot have it okay also i'm I'm not disagreeing i know you're not not at all i'm just making that argument i just want to give folks that so you know we we gotta we have to do better Hillary was right. Yeah, Hillary. But, was, but Hillary, we're talking about Hillary all of was us. and is right. Is right. Yeah. But right. again, um, in in answer to pedagogy of the oppressed, it is the job of the oppressed to teach the oppressor. So we collectively, as African Americans, need to start reclaiming some things mm-hmm. and really understanding what's happening with us to build community. Again, right. but, I'm not. But while we're there, let me just let me just say though. Okay. Even though even though I, even though I just acknowledged earlier that part of my whole piece with respect to relying on cultural insensitivity instead of racism as a term. Are you getting ready is, to say it? No, is is um, driven by the fact that I really kind of just think I almost just don't want to acknowledge that racism exists. But part of it is also in that whole pedagogy of the oppressed thing. I personally feel that in terms of the oppressed population educating the oppressor, mm-hmm. I think you have to kind of like not make it ridiculously uncomfortable for the dialogue to take place and i just think that i just think that cultural insensitivity but as a framework makes the discussion and it enables the discussion to even occur i, I disagree more instances i disagree well, I, the, the, the discussion I mean, can look here here's the thing and this is a great quote from pedagogy r- racism, said, racism inflames people 
I mean, it, but, but inf- it, infl- it inflames black folks. It affects white folks. Everyone. I mean, it inflames everybody. But you know, t- but, but you know what? Here's the thing: people feel comfortable now hearing the word the N word. Do it's, they? A lot of folks do. It's in your music yeah. all the time. People want to sing yeah. along to it. It's un. I don't well, like not, hearing it's it. Not in any music I buy, but okay. Well, I, I get, but but you right. know, it's it's there, <laughs> right. and yeah, it's just as inflammatory. It's just as uncomfortable, but. And I hate to say this this way. We've gotten used to it. So we need to have some serious grown up discussions and we need to be able to use the word racism because it is what it is, because prejudice doesn't fit everyone. So and racism is real specific. So we won't get too much into that. But, you know, look, um, like I said, until we have real conversations. And let me just give you this quote. Um, The police chief of Ferguson was asked about all of the. militarization mm-hmm. the weapons the vehicles mm-hmm. you know what his answer was what we're policing very urban areas that's why we need it what does urban mean well see i personally think that the whole militarization of the police forces took place in in response to the drug war um i think that i really do i mean i think mm-hmm. in terms of in I think that when you're talking about, or when he's talking about in urban areas, I think that these police departments are using the excuse of urban areas um, to mask the fact that they are still armored for situations where they don't need to be armored. I, I think that maybe when you were doing a drug raid in some community where you thought that there was pervasive you know, drug trade going on. Maybe you did need to bust into some houses. But you don't um, need a military tank to do that. Looking, looking like you were a robocop. You don't, but um, you don't need that. No, I, mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I just fear that many of these police departments are still in that whole zone of feeling like just because it's an urban area that they need to be dressed for the drug war. Um, and I just think that's ridiculous, but... Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let We're, we're going to move on for that. Yeah. From that. I didn't give the quote from Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Um, I'll go for it. Okay. The quote is the man. I love that book. I do too. It's, it's, I think it should be required reading. Right. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me say what's interesting is that I attended for a semester a private African American college. It mm. was freshman level reading. Mm-hmm. I attended um, a state. Um, University here in and I'll say Towson. I'll go ahead and say I went to Towson for a while, and um, it was it was graduate level reading, mm-hmm. and I think that was interesting. I think it needs to be. See, it was required it, reading. it was introduced to me at undergraduate level okay. by the and it should ins- be. by the instructor I had who taught um, survey of Afro Afro American Afro American at that point um, Afro American literature. Um, so. It was not required reading for our class, but it was a book that he mentioned. And just because of the fact that I had such great respect for him, I just read it. Um, And yes, loved it. Okay. Well, the quote is, the man or woman who proclaims devotion to the cause of liberation, yet is unable to enter into communion with the people whom he or she continues to regard as totally ignorant, is grievously Mm self-deceived. So it's a real simple simple sentence but it's not it's mm-hmm. it, it really speaks to the yeah. fact that I, very, the whole very multi-layered yes. it, it, yeah mm-hmm. i won't even explain it mm-hmm. you know what there's no need to explain right. it let's exactly. move on but exactly. um okay. ferguson and we're going to continue to talk about because i think that there's gonna I, i'm glad uh, well let me just say this um i, I don't want to use the word i'm glad but 
if anything, um, what's happened in Ferguson has opened up conversation in a different way. I, I think that should have happened with Trayvon, and it didn't. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, we I are mean, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that if we can find any benefit for the dialogue, the discourse, with respect to opening it in a new way, is the fact that again, folks like John Stewart, Hillary Clinton, exactly. and others who are not black folks are 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 asking white folks imagine you know asking white folks to imagine that if you were imagine if you were in this position how you would feel and i feel like that's a public discourse and that robin, has not necessarily and, and robinsville randall I yeah give exactly her credit. And, uh, yeah, it's very robin yeah. great name robin too by the way it is but um yeah so, okay yeah. all right well some other things happen we're gonna move on some other things have happened in uh, the past couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. there were several award shows that oh, happened. No, right. Okay, I'm going to be very honest. Um, the when, are, when are you not honest? <laughs> That's true. That's Which true. actually is kind of something that applies to me too. But anyway, I, I can't help it. I yeah. don't think I do anyone any justice. Well, by no, I, I love, I love it. Tempering it. it too I much. love it honestly. Be, I love it personally because I just feel like I feel like a lot of people, the most authentic people I know, are not afraid to be honest. And um, <laughs> it's it's one of the things that I definitely try to do. I mean, it's honesty is not necessarily always warm and fuzzy. It's not. Um, I've learned that. But, I accept that too. Um, so I mean, that's when it's you know. Back. But um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. When are you not honest? Anyway, okay, go ahead. And I just refilled the cup. So yeah, thanks. Too. And it is the cup. We we. I'm gonna just be honest. We don't even bother to do the wine glasses exactly. here. We Which, just put it yeah. in the cup. Mm-hmm. But when you know when it's not Melbeck, it might as well be oh, in the cup. Oh Lord, have mercy. Here we got. Okay, I'm just saying. I am going to get some Malbec. Do <laughs> note it. Okay, ding, ding, ding. we okay. we had some uh, award shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. I did not see all of the Emmys, and I generally watch the Emmys. Um, but let me just say, I'm just happy that m- two of my favorite people won. Mm-hmm. I was rooting for and love, absolutely adore Joe Morton. Mm-hmm. He won. He actually won at a like a. Yeah, he won at the Creative Arts Emmy right. because the the guest the guest performer in a series, um, whether it's comedy or drama. Are awarded at the Creative Arts. Right. Um, so he won there. So I, I didn't yeah. care that how he got televised, it. That wasn't so yeah. As long as he got it. All and right. also, um, cra- oh, Lord, what is her name? Crazy Eyes from that from um, Orange oh, is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Yes, yeah, won. No. So yeah, she won. Yeah, she was awarded at the same ceremony. Actually, at the she, same ceremony. Yeah, she won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same ceremony. So yeah. I was so thrilled. So I'm just happy that they won. And I know they did a really yeah. nice. Um, yeah, she presented at the Emmy telecast. Yeah, it was she on did. Last Monday, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I saw bits and pieces of it, but I was just happy that those two things happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I was there, and I know you're you're an Emmy Awards fan. Was there well, someone you were looking to win that didn't? Well, I was looking for Tony Goldwyn to win. Tony Goldwyn wasn't even nominated. He should have, but look, well, I thought here, he was nominated. Here's, see here's how, the drill. See, with, see, here's the scroll. He should have been because he's a favorite of yeah, mine. Yeah, here's the drill with scandal. Um, Huge Scandal fan, huge mm. Shonda Rhimes fan. Okay. Um, unfortunately, season three, which is a season Are you that sure just he wasn't nominated. I'm positive that he was. Oh, not I'm the so o- out of the only the only people who were nominated were Joe Morton. Yeah, um, he won. Kate Burton, who plays the vice president, Sally Langston, she was also nominated. Against, Can I just tell you, um, she's a really warm and wonderful yeah. person. She's fabulous. She's but, a really nice person. But um, yeah, she and then Carrie Washington. And part of my challenge with respect to um scandal being competitive with respect to a number of the other shows on 
on TV is that I think that the storyline for Scandal is a little too schizophrenic for um, mm. Carrie Washington to really emerge as a strong contender against the other women. Like, Scandal for me is kind of split between that whole B613 storyline and Which the story. confusing for and the storyline. Right, it, yeah. exactly. And the storyline of. Like, you know, Carrie as the fixer in sort of the whole vein of G.D. Smith, who inspired, the, you know, that character. Um, so I think that, the you know, the schizophrenia of the storyline doesn't really serve her well in terms of having a good, you know, even Emmy reel to submit. Um, and then I think I do think that the B613 story is murky. It and, is murky. And I also think that because of the whole the fact that they're doing so much to. um kind of keep the intrigue into the whole B sixteen thirteen B613 storyline. I'm over it. I'm over it too. But because they're trying to keep the intrigue, the stories don't necessarily find themselves contained in one episode. So it's kind of like there's not necessarily a big reveal. There's always that continuation in in another episode. And I just think that that continuation just when you're submitting a tape to be considered for an Emmy Award, you've got to have like you're only able to submit like one episode as far as I know. You've got to have like powerful scenes throughout that entire episode. And you know what keeps me? That storyline generally doesn't serve her it, in that the, way. The storyline between her and Fitz, just the love affair between those two is what keeps me. It's a little Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson for my taste. Oh, oh, my, Lord. My here fa- we go. I mean, oh, it really Lord, just here is. We go. He just, just, for those of you who so, don't know, he just interjected. Just he just played so, the race card. But actually, so. they played it exactly on the show. They actually used that on that. Oh, I know the they did, and it's just look, so. I love it. I, I, look, I'm a my, woman. I love all the romance yeah. that he brings to as the yeah, president. No, I so, love it. So Y'all you know, can't. I watched. I watched the Emmys long enough to see that she didn't win, and whatever. Okay, I um, missed but, it, but yeah. I'm glad Joe Morton and I, Lord, what's her name? Right. Crazy Eyes. I I was rooting for those two. They won. Mm-hmm. I'm very satisfied. Right. The VMAs. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the on the VMAs because really what I want to get to is what happened afterwards. Uh, right. Um, the VMAs, as uh, everyone knows, Beyonce got the Michael Jackson Lifetime Award, the Vanguard Award, the Vanguard Award, um, and uh, she did her performance. Um, oh boy, um, and her performance was. As it is in concert, very sexualized. All of, there were so many sexualized performances. Like every every woman was there. A woman who got on the stage who didn't gyrate. I don't. I think if she did, I missed her. Probably not. But every woman was in a bathing suit type uh, yeah, costume, and um, except for Iggy Azalea who had on some kind of cat suit, and mm. the chick who Rita Ora who sang with her, they were in these tight cat suits. So right. you know, right. whatever, body hugging, body exposing, right. something of that nature. So okay, that's that. So Beyonce performs. Um, her daughter Blue Ivy, her husband, are in the audience and they're watching and enjoying. And here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Aren't there performances that we don't allow children to see? So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, she's performing, gyrating, simulating sex to a certain degree, and the child is there cheering it on, watching every minute of it. The child meaning her child. Her child, Blue Ivy's there. And, okay, I'm just waiting to see what's going to be said about this. So the next day, 
what happens is BET's 106 and Park brings Karuche Tran. I don't think she's an actual host, and I, I have to be honest, I um I don't always watch 106 and Park, um, so I don't know. I think she was a guest host, and there was a joke that she read. She said she was reading the teleprompter. She wasn't aware of the joke before she read it, but it was mm-hmm. in reference to Blue Ivy's hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, here we go with this. Um, and what happened with that is 106 and Park shut down production for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. I have some feelings about that, Kevin, and okay. I just want to see where you stand. First of all, I'm surprised. Again, no one had anything to say about the child being in the audience with the mama gyrating or with any, or, or watching any of those performances. I mean, I, I is there there's nothing there's no child appropriate performance. We don't. I mean, I, I, no one. I'm just surprised. Well, see, I will say that I didn't. An, an I, didn't nece- I didn't necessarily. I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't actually imagine a reaction about that. Um, honestly, largely, I, I did. largely because I think that um, See, I'm so old time. I certainly, I certainly imagine. Well, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm not, but maybe I'm not. But I certainly can imagine that Blue Ivy has seen her mother around the house gyrating. So I mean, like, why would her mother wh- be around the house? Why wouldn't she? she? I mean, she, you, you I got, think she you, would say you, that for you, her. You got to rehearse. You gotta rehearse I somewhere. I think you rehearse but, outside. You don't. But anyway, work no, I didn't. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't. I honestly did not expect that. Just because I would expect that Blue Ivy has had enough exposure to seeing her mother in. You know, even though she's not necessarily old enough to understand it, I just don't necessarily imagine that she hasn't seen her mother in some performance mode. I, I think you know of similar nature. I think before. that that's a bigger issue than I, this, this is just me than Karuchi's. Um, comment about the hair even though here's what I think about that I think that it's a ridiculous notion to keep talking about a child's hair she is a child and um, she's got natural hair because I think it speaks to culturally now you want to talk about cultural insensitivity Uh I think it speaks to that but outside of that on the other side of that I should say if you keep bringing your child out in public knowing that you are a celebrity Mm -hmm. knowing that you catch criticism I think you have an expectation that the child is going to catch it too. Oh, see, I don't really agree. We're with, an I, don't, I, don't, society. I don't agree with now. that at all. I don't um, think, I'm not saying it's right, yeah, but yeah. I said that there should be an expectation. Look, <laughs> Michael Jackson kept his kids covered up. I, I thought it was, right. I, you know, I, I thought right. it was whatever. We, th- we, th- I thought, we it was, thought he was crazy. Whatever I thought about right, it. Exactly. Uh, the only criticism and that people ever had about it was that the kids genetically right. didn't appear to right. be to related be but his, that's a but whole yeah, other thing right. but he did that for a reason exactly um, and i thought that was an extreme yeah. but look um you know you bring your child out in public you're a celebrity it's gonna happen i don't say i'm not saying it's right i'm not defending it but it is it is what it is I, again i thought that her being in the audience during a very um adult performance was more of an issue than karuchi's comment mm-hmm. and i and here's the other thing that i'm wondering and let me just say this let me preface this there is no indication that beyonce nor jay-z or their people said anything publicly about the comment so mm-hmm. we we can't i can't blame right. the fact that 106 and park shut down after that for we because of uh, Beyonce well, you, or Jay Z pressing. I'm assuming so. Though. Well, you do know that the producer Stephen Hill indicated that that shutdown was actually planned before 
No, I did not the, see that. They think, yeah. So yeah, that was that was definitely one of the comments that to basically explain. Well, I mean, that doesn't it, even make sense. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't doesn't necessarily make sense of because week. of Come the fact now. that well, but keep in mind. It's the middle of the week generally, but mm-hmm. when you're talking about this being Labor Day weekend, it's also a transition to a new season of network programming. We don't we, so, we play repeats. We don't shut down. No, I, under, yeah. I understand yeah. that, but what I'm saying is when you're playing repeats, you're generally playing those repeats because production is shut down to transition to the next season. So I'm not saying that I believe it. I'm just saying that that was an explanation that he offered for the shutdown. Well, um, I would believe that if now, there weren't um, – memos that came out prior to him saying that that said oh. BT was shutting down yeah, I, I would buy it again but, i mean you know, i'm i'm not saying i believe it but, but I'm that's just, what he said i just wanted to introduce into the conversation oh okay that, that was how that's the how executive handled producer handled it but he apologized um, and, and to me why wasn't his apology en- enough i mean I, I wonder are we allowing celebrities too much power like you make a comment about the child saying you should not have and i hope that in the future BT is more savvy um and more intelligent about some of the comments that it makes but should that have shut and i'm we're going to go with the assumption that it actually did shut down the show okay. i'm not buying what Stephen g hill well, said well here's um, here's my here's my here's my theory about the whole scenario okay. because I, you know i had i had a conversation about this on on facebook um with a young woman i know who is a law student um kiara williams um real hi. sweetheart beautiful too hi kiara. Um, but anyway um <laughs> so i had a conversation with her and you know um she is a staunch defender, as you know, as a student of the law. She's a staunch defender of like the First Amendment, um, and the whole you know concern about her concern about the producer's suspension was the fact that it was a you know violation of like his free speech kind of thing. Um, I personally view the situation in terms of the producer's suspension as more of a. I mean, when you're talking about, and this is a this is a point that one of Kiara's friends kind of made in follow up in this discussion. When you're talking about BET, you're talking about a network that produces things like Black Girls Rock, and you know other things that basically support the self esteem of oh. Black women and girls. Correct. And quite frankly, for me, the episode in terms of the producer being suspended was more a corporate code of conduct issue than a free speech in, uh, issue because that producer whomever it was wasn't Stephen H- Hill obviously it was somebody who was probably an assistant producer um, whom, whomever fed that into the but teleprompter somebody has, to, somebody has to sign off on that well yeah some, but some higher but, power but I just, sign off but I that, just so. feel I just feel that the suspension of that producer the suspension of possibly production of the show was really more a corporate con- conduct issue because the reality is that joke was not in line with BET's general branding philosophy with respect to supporting the esteem of young black women or black I, I, women in general. I can't say that because um, I've seen some programming so. on BET well, that's no, been contradictory. I understand that, but I mean, they have yeah, a yeah, line. I yeah, really don't. I think that yeah. BET does whatever it does. But my question is, or not the question, but my, my thought about that is that I didn't think it was a strong enough violation to shut down production. And, um, you know, and I thought that his public apology should have been enough. That, that's what I thought. And again, again, for me, the issue was more, why is the child in the audience at the VMAs? You know, that was it. Well, that see, was, my, and my, my issue, and here's my issue. My issue with respect to the whole thing is I personally think that at a time when black folks are being, um, when black folks are holding white folks to 
um, a certain standard with respect to the way that we are judged. I personally have a larger concern about the way that black folks judge each other. I think the comments about a child's natural hair or, or anything along that line are, I think, I think the suspension needs to be a wake-up call to black folks that, you know what, before we expect to hold the majority population to a higher standard about the way that we are judged, we need to hold ourselves but, to a higher standard about the way that we're judged, I, I don't, personally. I, well, that, that's, that's just, that, that, that's just that, that my thought. That goes so deep, Kevin. That goes so deep. Because but it, if, but it, because it's, it's out of line what we're talking about with Ferguson. If that's the correlation you're making, right. I don't agree with that. Um, but I oh, get you, it. you don't have to agree because it's my opinion, I, I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, I do not agree so right. so the audience knows. I'm right. not there with yeah. you. But I understand what right. you mean. And I don't think, I don't, I, I think that... Uh, the ver- we are harsh on us in terms of verbal judgment. We, oh, yeah, I, agree. we I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, there's this whole thing that came out today, and I'm not going to cover it because I don't have it in front of me. About um, there's a whole judgment on Twitter today about black Twitter and trolls that, of course, was produced I didn't, by. I didn't even know there was a black Twitter. By oh, the yeah, way, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Clearly, but, I need to clearly need to amp trolls, up my Twitter game. But someone anyway. someone put out a whole list of you know what it looks like, what it is. That's it's hilarious. very judgmental, and hilarious. I thought, okay, here we go again with this. So. We, we do have some work to do. But, I, right. Really, I know, so listen, but see, on a, on a certain level, even though you're not necessarily agreeing with my point, you are still echoing a similar sentiment to the one that I'm echoing, which is just that my own personal opinion is that um, – I'm glad that the suspension happened because I, it's a wake up. It needs it's a it, it, necessary wake up call that black folks need to stop judging each other. I, I get it, and before, I, I say that this is. I'm not. Right. I don't have a problem with the suspension yeah. of the producer. I haven't. I'm thinking it was too much to shut down the production of the show, based on. And this is not right. going with what Stephen G. Hill said. Based on what we the yeah. other. everything's rumor now because we don't know but the rumor is that it shut down the production of the show for the I think that was too much I agree with you uh Pull the producer to the side, suspend mm. them, do what you need to do right, about exactly. that. I think that that's fair. Right. I, I am in agreement. Yeah. But to shut down the show, no. Yeah. I'm but sorry. A, but uh-uh. again, I, I will say that, I, going with that. I, I don't necessarily believe Stephen Hill when he says that, right. the, that, the, that the suspension was planned. But I do also. Because you certainly didn't but plan I do, to suspend your producer, did right, you? But no. I do also recognize that the suspension of production can happen at a time oh, too, like Labor Day it. weekend um, when the nah, season, when the network it, it season is happen. in transition. But you announce that ahead of time. You don't wait yeah. until something like this happens. Right. So oh, no, I agree. Thing, no, I agree. So, no. Right. Okay. Um, let's talk about, um, speaking of, oh, you know what I forgot to do? with the uh, In terms of the VMAs, I have to give a shout out to Wiz Khalifa. And look, I know you're looking, you're with, looking with, strange. And let me tell you why. Did, did I miss Wiz on the show? I'm no, confused. no, he, he didn't. I don't think he performed. Uh, okay. I don't know because I didn't watch the whole show. Yeah, okay. But I watched a lot of it. Um, Wiz actually, he nobody saw I, it. I nobody watched paid, like the whole thing. Nobody but. paid attention because his woman came in half naked. But that's a whole other thing. But he had on a shirt that um, had the hotline, had some information about suicide on it. And on um, episode uh, five of uh, the show, we actually we talked about Robin. Williams, mm-hmm. and we gave a lot of that information. Oh, okay. We gave hotline, gotcha, gotcha. and he, uh, when he came to the show, he had actual shirt on. Oh, cool. That, okay. But you know, I posted a, a picture up, but I posted the picture up with him and Amber. Okay. And I'm like, that is the wrong move because nobody saw. No, nobody saw shirt his shirt, right? Because Amber came. Um, I mean, she had on basically chains and some panties. 
Yeah, see, so. I, I don't, I don't, rem- I didn't see the, I'm, I'm watching Big Brother, I was watching Big Brother while the red yeah. carpet piece was on, so I didn't really see the red yeah, carpet, well, I'm gonna so make I, sure you I missed see that. Amber Rose's outfit. Yeah, so, I'm going to yeah. repost the picture, but yeah. just with, with okay. Wiz, so that people actually see Wiz, because right. when I posted it before, nobody saw him. Okay. They saw the half-naked woman next to him, well, and I'm going to leave that alone, I, I'm going to leave that alone, because, you know, that's a whole other conversation oh my god um, I, I am having so much fun with this i know conversation. you are a, i know you so, are i apologize by the way for saying that you no, didn't you didn't have to agree with me to, because you know, it was I my opinion you, but, you know i'm, I'm but, you know i'm here but for girl you. you ain't got to agree with my opinion <laughs> you know i'm here <laughs> right. for you so, ah, you know if it gets hot right, so, i'll let yeah, you know exactly i, I um, think it's let's blame it on the wine <laughs> yes let, let's go with that um the casting has finally happened for at least the, the lee daniels mm-hmm. version of the richard Pryor story right. And Mike Epps. Mm-hmm. How you feeling about that? I actually like it. I do too. Um, and let me say this. I definitely, I, I love Mike Epps as an actor. Um, and I think that Mike Epps' career as a stand-up comedian predicts that he's going to be really powerful in this role. I don't think Mike Epps is a great stand-up comedian. Okay. With that said. But I think that his experience, you know, at the mic during that, is going to be like powerful for this role. I do. Th- I, think so I definitely think he's a much better actor than stand-up comedian. I, well, um, let me just say, I've only seen Mike Epps one time. I was at. I was in L.A. Was, and I was I saw at. Him, yeah, he was good, not funny when I saw him. But well, I saw him. He was high on kryptonite. So that, by his own admission, I'm not yeah. making this up. And it was an impromptu performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at um, Chocolate Sundays in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I'm there. I forgot who the actual comedians were that were booked, but he came on, and he. You know, he had crypt- he had been smoking yeah. some kryptonite, and I was I just remember being uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. Just the comedy yeah. that was I don't remember what he said, but I remember being like, "Oh my god, yeah, did see, he just say that? Did he just right. say yeah, that?" See, I, yeah, I think his performance in um, the remake of Sparkle was phenomenal. Wasn't it? Was phenomenal, surprising. And, and, and I also think that his um, even though this movie only got one star, I think his performance in Jumping the Broom. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I too. thought I thought I, both I, I of those performances you. really, really suggested he's going to be great. I agree with as you. Richard Pryor. I think I he really was a, a better choice, and not to take anything away from these two gentlemen um, than um, Marlon Wayans and Nick Cannon. I yeah. think because I know Nick was really camp- campaigning yeah. for the role, and God bless them because there can be other. Now, I will uh, tell you, I think Marlon Wayans. I hadn't really heard about the Nick Cannon piece. I will say that I think Marlon Wayans, if he if he appeared. Older. I don't know how old Marlon Wayans is. I think that if Marlon Wayans appeared older, like Mike Epps does, okay, that he would really have been my first choice. Really, Mike Epps for me is the ideal choice because I just feel like he is already at the age where he's going to be kind of a more convincing Richard Pryor, kind of in the later years. I don't know. I that's that's just my thought. I agree Marlon Marlon Wayans to me though is just like. Marlon Wayans is just insane, insanely funny to me. So I think he's funny. Yeah. I, I think he's funny. I, I just think, again, for the same yeah. reasons that you said, I think yeah. that um, Mike Epps brings a certain yeah. soulfulness, a certain yeah. maturity yeah, he's got, to the role. He, that he's, he's got gonna, better. He's got better acting chops than I think Marlon Wayans does too. Because Marlon, we've really only seen Marlon Wayans. I think. I mean, I seen in in drama. like silly stuff like right. like White Girls and that kind of stuff. Right. So and right. the scary movie franchise stuff. So. So, yay for uh, Mike Epps. And, yeah. and I think Lee Daniels is going to do a fantastic yeah. job. Now, there are rumors that other people are going to be doing the story, but I think this is the one that's been yeah. kind of um, given the okay by the family. And, and so I'm excited about that. Yeah. The other thing I'm excited about, 
the musical that? that's coming up, the Bob Marley musical. Um, that's coming to center stage. Oh, that's right. Yes. I actually saw you comment on it on Facebook. I cannot wait. I'm I'm so excited about that because I think that this is a a depending on how it's done, and I'm trusting um, uh, Kwame uh, Kwe Ama to do a great job. He does great work, okay. I think, um, as a writer director. Um, but here's the thing with that. Um, he's saying this is this is his um, comment. He said, "Whoever takes on this icon doesn't have to look like him, but he has to generate his physical, spiritual, and sexual energy." Now. Okay, now keep in mind the um, Bob is, Legend musical is theater. Right, exactly, and not and not film. And not film. Right. Whereas we, I, do, I, I want him to kind of look like him, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we, we, I think we're more forgiving in theater just in general. I mean, you know, I agree. Um, Audrey McDonald just did Billy Holiday. Right, I saw this nothing like Billy Holiday. And I, but and I, I also, she did I a also good think job. that I also think that non-traditional casting works in a in theater in a way that it wouldn't necessarily well, work, work on film. film. I agree so, yeah, with you. I, yeah, I agree there. So here's my question. Who is there anyone that you can think of now that you can that you think would do justice to this Bob Marley? And this is a Bob Marley musical and here's what I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping cuz I, I don't want it to be like um Fela. Mhm. I I, I want there to be more dialogue mm-hmm. in it. I want music too. I want it to be musical, but I still hope that there's a strong dialogue in the piece. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to seeing a total total musical version of mm, like, Bob Marley's story, like, like a like a Dreamgirls version of Bob Marley's yeah, story. I got you. To I understand that. what you're saying. Um, so I'm I'm looking for a real balance, a real mix. But is there anyone? Because I was trying to think to myself, now who would I like to see playing? Difference, of course, the difference in film and theater. But for theater, who is there anyone that you think would be a good contender? Well, I will say this: I think that I think that generally the the um, trend of film and TV stars doing um, a theater performance, certainly not necessarily center stage, but on Broadway. Um, if I think about it in that vein, honestly, the the person that I think has the right energy. For the role, regardless um, of the physical, is Maxwell. What? I do. I think Maxwell. Oh, let me I, just. I think Maxwell could be could be pretty phenomenal in that theater, thing. In theater, I do. I think I think Maxwell could rock that. Here's what I see for Maxwell. I want if there's a Marvin Gaye story, I want Maxwell to. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, agree, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I but. think physically they look alike. I think that Maxwell yeah. carries a, a lot of. The, I think that he. Not the same demons, but I think that there oh are Lord, some you, things. You no, can, no, no, I'm not. You okay. me with that whole demon thing. No, no, no. I, I think that there's some stuff Maxwell carries, and right. I, I don't think they're the same things. But I, I can, can you can kind of see it in him, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's a that's a bad thing. No, I, 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 I understand. But what I, you're saying. I like it. I think it's 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 enough there to make him rich enough and full enough to pull it off. On I don't know if he can act. That's the only because you know Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah, no, I don't I, know if yeah, he can act. Yeah. He was supposed. You know, he was actually supposed to be in the Paperboy. In the Paperboy, yeah. And I don't. I don't know what he was supposed to play but something happened with that like i was so ready for that and that Mm -hmm. didn't happen so i'm just gonna put it out there i think that if there's a story a film story done on marvin even a theater even in Mm -hmm. theater even on broadway that maxwell would be my first choice for marvin gay for bob marley i don't know i don't know see that the the actor that i would think would be the best bob marley is first of all somebody who what about lenny 
Huh? Lenny's a good actor. Lenny's good. Yeah, I, I like Lenny, but I think Lenny, um, Lenny could do well. Lenny but could do the it. actor that I think would have been the best Bob Marley was Gary Dordan, um, who apparently is all cracked out now. No, 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 no. Um, Let, let's but, dispel that rumor because everyone there was a, there was a, okay, Lord Gary Dordan. <laughs> I'm so sorry for this baby. Oh. Look. He, I think that there were some issues, but I saw some recent pictures and posts of him, and I think he's appearing to do a lot better. And also, Gary Dordan can sing. Did you okay. know that? Okay, no, I didn't know that. Yes, so, so then, so then I'm gonna go ahead and recast him in the oh, Marley gosh, role. I had not thought about that, but you are so on target right. with that because definitely well, now that, got now that you have and, and Gary Dordan, I apologize. I, you know, you know, hey, okay, it's it's, it's all good. Um, Gary Dordan, I actually met a friend of mine. Um, I, I used won't to, tell you my used story. to live in in the same building in Brooklyn. Okay, uh, where How Gary Dordan lived. Oh my God! Was forever, he, was he forever Shazai? ago. He was probably twelve at that point. Yeah, actually, he it was during he that was time. Shazai. Okay, exactly. It was during okay. that time. He, that was so, a long time yeah, ago. For my, those of you who yeah, don't know who I'm talking yeah, about, my, he was Shazai on a different world. Exactly. My friend Biff lived um, in the same building. Okay. Time, so yeah. My, you know what, Gary Jordan? I have to tell you this. I have to tell this story. I won't tell it all, but um, I, I met him two times at the Grammys. Um, the first year I met him, he was with his daughter, so he was quite the gentleman. His daughter's a beautiful. She was a little girl then. Quite sweet, mm. quite fatherly, great. A couple of years later. <clears throat> I think there was some things going on because this is true and you can come on the show and you can debate it if you want to, but it it has Gary. No, Gary can. Uh, Um, I was at, uh, again, at the awards at the Grammys and um, I was walking, looking for the ladies room. Gary Jordan ran into me. He literally knocked into me and I look back and he looks back and he's like laughing. So he did it on purpose. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny, kind of awkward and weird. But I could tell there was something going on. Okay. He had even maybe had some wine. I don't know. All right for some wine. Okay. So then. Hopefully it was a wine like Malbec and not not this random stuff. Oh, this is, this is (laughs) Topenia. Oh my God. It's random. It's It's not random. You know what? (laughs) I ain't thinking about and that. Like, and like you, it's now making me sweat. <laughs> so it. anyway, so I saw him later on. I went to Kanye's party. Kanye had a good life party. This was after the Grammys. And uh, shout out to David Banner because, yeah, I rem- remember how handsome you were looking that night. Anyway, so. Oh, my God, you are hilarious Yeah, today. I did that. I did. And then, okay, so I see Gary again. He runs into me again. Okay. I am not happy this time because really? it was a little too, little too hard. Oh, okay. I'm about ready to set it off. Okay. There. And a friend of the friend that I was with was like Tiffany, bliss. <laughs> just, just go, go. He's like uh, Tiffany. I'm gonna need you to just walk away. You can see something's going on with the. Right. Yeah. So Gary, you know, I still love you, but yeah. And and we, I don't think we we're gonna let that and, happen again. And Mr. Dordan, I apologize for alleging that you are cracked out. Okay. Um, I, and I no, appreci- we're, I we're appreci- not going to spread that. I aroma. appreciate our bl- That's why everyone loves Bliss because <laughs> she is willing to confirm. That is. That's like, right. You're being cracked out. It's not true. Anyway, I'm going to give you this. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who I think should play Bob Marley. On the th- in theater. Okay. I on Lady, the, in the theater. In, in the theater. Or, yeah. And not theater like movie theater, but on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it to Lenny. You know who is a big Bob Marley fan? Mm-hmm. I don't think. He looks like him, and I don't know that he could pull it off vocally. Um, are you familiar? With, I'm. I'm gonna go here. I, do you watch uh, Graceland? Graceland. 
could have sworn. No. You do not. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's on USA. Um, the actor Daniel Sanjata, who used to be on oh, Rescue Man. I'm familiar. He was on um, Rescue Man. He, he was on Sex in the City. He had at one, one point. Okay, how does everyone had, remember he had, like, him? He had one freaking yeah. episode. And, like, everybody mentions that. Yeah. It's like he was one time on the show, and that's like his claim to fame. How does that um, happen? Um, let, let me tell you why. Because oh, everybody watched Sex in the City. Nobody's watching Graceland. What other questions do you have? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's move on. Okay. I, I great. Oh, okay. People are watching Graceland. I watch Graceland. I can't even believe <laughs> You know what? Daniel Sanjata also was in you know like what? Again, a play he, about Jackie Robinson, too, I think. No, he was not. He Wasn't was in it? on uh, Lord Have Mercy. You were just messing this up. It's the one, I girl. Gotta, I gotta, okay, I'm apologizing. I still didn't Daniel see you in Graceland, Mr. Sanjata. It was Take Me Out that he did, where he actually played um, a baseball player who was out of the closet. And that, that Oh, there you go. There, there you go. I knew there was a baseball thing. It was a baseball. He actually did play, um, uh, for many series, he played um, Reggie Jackson. Okay. okay. He's also he's also played Langston Hughes in something. He too, played I Langston think. Hughes mm-hmm. in um See, Brother I'm, to I'm, Brother. My Daniel Sanjata. Um, yeah, my Daniel Sanjata cred is coming back. Oh my lord, go ahead. have mercy. Go ahead. Okay. Continue. He's a big he's a big Bob Marley fan. And I think sometimes when you're passionate about the person I, I've seen mm. him do theater. So mm-hmm. I think that um yeah. I don't I don't know about well, the I thing. Well I saw him in the baseball thing. Oh, you saw Take was, Me Out. Yeah, which is why okay, I was kind of like... leave that alone. I was like, Jackie Robinson? No. no, no, no yeah, whatever. but yeah, there were some interesting parts play. of that. But, yeah. Okay, let's let, let's move on from that. But I, hope, but I trust the, the casting is going to be fantastic for that. We spent a lot of time on that. There's this new thing, Kevin. What? Um, undercover Colors. Have you heard about this? Undercover Colors? Yes. No. I just wanted to make mention of this because it's it's getting a lot of debate. I'm, con- it is, I'm concerned already. Don't be concerned. Ahead. Okay. So we are, say we are having a drink together. We're in a bar. Mm-hmm. And I put my drink down and I, you know, move away from my, And you don't watch my drink. Oh, is this like that fingernail polish yes. thing? Yes. Okay, go ahead. That you can stick your finger in the... Yeah. And you wait, and if it turns colors, you've got date rape drugs. Exactly. Date rape, right, right, right. Yeah. And it's developed by four uh, North Carolina students, four male students. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's interesting because I, I, I heard about it because there were um, feminists and some rape survivors who thought that the energy. The idea is it's not a bad idea, but the energy behind rape should be more about prevention than checking to see if you've got a date rate drug. I, I don't know. There's There's been a lot of mixed commentary on it. Um, mm-hmm. wh- what are you thinking about this? Um, and there is a fund, there's funding going on now for the company to raise money. And they, they, they've specified that this is a for-profit company. So if you donate money, please know you are not going to get a tax. Get a tax right off. Right off. Um, I will say that I think that, I mean, I recognized it once I made the connection about the nail polish thing. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea either. And I think largely because of the fact that just as I made the connection to understanding what you meant okay. when I when I remembered, like, oh, this is the nail polish thing. Okay. I think that I think that there has to be like a catchy entry point for a lot of things in order for them to get a broader message across. Right. Um, and I think I think that the that whole nail thing you know the sticking your finger i think that's a catchy entry point and at the point when you have captured the attention to then educate the larger broader more relevant 
more specific message. I just, I, I think it's, I personally think it's effective. I don't want it to become a, a thing of, yeah. we have, um, a re- you know, there's victim responsibility. Oh, you didn't have the oh, yeah. nail polish no, on. I, I think it can right. go there if it's right. not handled properly. It could, properly. but yeah. Um, but, so but, I, but I still think it's effective in terms of catching your attention because, I mean, again, I think that you've got to often um, do what you can to get people's attention to force them to pay attention to, you know, broader issues. Personally. I think I think like yeah. you, this is a matter of PR. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, how it's, this it's is right. handled. It's, it's, it's and, a marketing cost. campaign. I think it exactly. needs to be a cost-effective. Yeah, I think campaign. maybe an introduction. Um, but where do you want to introduce this? Do we want to introduce this on college campuses? No, because are we saying again? Are we saying? that because you're on a college campus this is happening i don't know this is it's, well, a, see, it's a sticky well see, the, the reality sticky. is I, I just fear that you know in any marketing campaign you know much much of my career has been marketing exactly. driven That's um true. i just think that any marketing campaign certainly has the potential to have as many detractors as it does fans okay and i just think that a lot of times if you allow your distractions in terms of who the detractors are going to be to really kind of overwhelm you, overwhelm you, it kind of offsets the desire that you have for the ultimate goal of the campaign. So I think that I don't feel it really this think you can obsess over where do you introduce it first. I think you introduce it first with the population that where you think it's going to be most effective. But and if that's college campuses, then go for it. Oh, um, that's my thing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to leave. I, 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 I yeah. need to. Um, I'm going to see what happens with this. I'm going to be watching this. And why are you pouring works. more wine? Why? Because there's more in the bottle. Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a new obsession. What's that? I, well, I, it's not an obsession. You know, if I binge watch something, it's important. <laughs> it's important to me. If it was, uh, a, if it made me binge watch, it's important. House of Cards? No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, Married at First Sight. Oh, yeah. You know, that's my new, my new thing. I actually, um, I'm just waiting to see what happens. I'm not putting any predictions out, but I know you probably can. Um... Let me talk about this real quick. I saw it because I was actually, from all of the celebrating I was doing over my birthday week. How many more times do you need to remind us you just had a birthday? Look, I did it in the last episode. I wanted you to know it was coming, and I wanted you to know it was here, and I enjoyed it. And um, so while I was celebrating, I had something that didn't agree with me. Mm-mm. One evening. So when I came home that particular night, I didn't want to go to bed. So flipping through on demand, mm-hmm. I find this Married at First Sight. I had heard about it, but mm-hmm. I thought it was hokey, like right. some of those other shows, I won't say. But kind of like in the vein of competition. I don't like love competition. I think that's a ridiculous notion. I hate that kind of, mm-hmm. um, that kind, those kind of shows and that ideology about we compete for love and made mm. uh no so um this show is different first of all the uh show is is um marketed as an experiment mm-hmm. and um there are three docs and a spiritual advisor on the show and what happened um just real briefly you had people who were saying um they did an ad for people who wanted to find love mm. you had to be ready for love and there was a casting call so they had about 200 folks come this casting call and they explained what was going to happen you went through a battery of tests um, psychological background checks um, you met one on one with the three docs and the spiritual advisor and so on and so forth mm-hmm. and they were going to do matches and they were going to come up with I guess they told them it would be three matches they mm-hmm. were trying to go that was the goal right, right. but you would not know who you were matched with 
until you were at the altar. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, of course, left the room. They weren't right. interested, but They're out like, of yeah, the, not can't do that. You can't do that yeah. because your your requirement with the show is that you meet the person at the altar. You don't even know their name mm-hmm. until you are saying I do, and um, you have four weeks that you have to stay marriage, married, and then you make the decision to either stay married or have a divorce. And this is legally binding. This is not some hokey. Mm-hmm. Um, let's pretend this is an actual marriage. Right. Um, three couples. Vaughn and Monet, which is the African-American couple. Um, you had Jamie and Doug, Courtney and Jason. I won't give it all away, but Vaughn and Monet, um, kind of when they met, they were, I don't know. I couldn't tell what was going on. They kind of got along cordially enough, mm-hmm. but they had good sexual chemistry. They had mm-hmm. sex on the first night. Um, and now they're having some issues, mm-hmm. personality issues now. Um, Jamie and Doug, um, she hated him. Mm-hmm. She just was not physically attracted so much so until she collapsed right after. Right. I, I, you know what? I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it for folks, but you know, I should have said that first, but oh well. Well, she I mean, I think, as, I think as long as you don't give Tell, the end. So, because, no, because I don't know the end. Because this is kind of like fascinating sort it of backstory. Is, it is. So she collapses crying. I mean, she was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, they failed me. But she grows to like him. And as she's mm-hmm. growing to like him and you're watching them together, I like was like fell in love with him because mm-hmm. I thought he was so sweet and so kind and so patient. Mm-hmm. So these two have yet to have sex um, where we are in the show. And then there's Courtney and Jason who had all of that chemistry. And it's like they were kissing at the wedding and mm-hmm. hugging and all of that and surprisingly they didn't have sex on at on the, their like honeymoon on their honeymoon right. i thought that was surprising mm-hmm. and they're having some issues with trust so mm-hmm. i won't tell too much of it but i love the show yeah i will i will say that love it i um i uh saw i saw mention of it okay on facebook as i often do kind of like starting, okay starting to feel like facebook is my primary source of news at this point mm, like, scary but oops. okay used to be an msnbc now it used facebook. to be an actual newspaper but, at one time, right but, <laughs> but um i saw mention of it on facebook and i saw that it was on some network called fyi which i had never watched I'm it like, i don't think i did. random don't even know that it exists in my comcast lineup but Me whatever too. um but i did kind of like find I, I don't remember what i was attempting to like catch a missed episode of but I was on on demand one night and I saw you know hit to the M's saw married at first sight and um I was like oh this, do you love it this is that show yeah I so let's get well, to it do well, you un- like it understand you- that I watch Big Brother which most people think is I can't ridiculous do it. yeah like, ridiculous but um yeah I do find it fascinating in the same same kind of way that I find Big Brother like an interesting psychological study it um, is it really really is just fascinating it's very I mean, sophisticated I'm, I'm really intrigued by the whole concept of Jamie and Doug because of the fact that she was so like she was so repelled. She could hardly look by at him, him physically. That she could look at him, and that she even she has even re- even referred to him as a monster. Right, like, initially in term, that was initially, harsh. Yeah, and it, so it yeah, was, that, and yeah. so that was that was uncomfortable to watch. It was, it really um, was. But it was deep. It has been deep to see that the at this at this point, their relationship has evolved into what is starting to appear to be like the most healthy. Um, and really, did you think they were? I mean, I I think so. I I definitely feel like it's okay. I mean, I really do. And and it's kind of like Vaughn and Monet. Um, wow. I just don't even know what to say about those. It's a, it's, it's very, it's very heavy. There's, there's a lot of personal stuff that needs to be worked out. You know what I actually find interesting with respect to those two is that I just don't think that 
I just don't feel like either of them was honest about what they were looking for when they completed the survey to be on the show. I told, I, I, and see, I because I it's kind of like both of both of them seem to be what the other was asking for, but they're not finding any kind of harmony with what they thought they wanted. So I, I think that, and this is part of why I find this fascinating because I think that I think that what they're going to find out is that what they thought they wanted isn't really what they want. I that they yeah I, I think that they aren't honest about who they are I think that they wanted well, certain there's things. that too yeah I think um. that they're not honest I think that what's interesting to me is that I think that they wanted a lot of out of a partner but they aren't willing to give that, or to yeah, see their, neither, yeah neither one of them is anywhere near as flexible as exactly. they needed to be for, for this, this kind of experiment. Exactly. Agreed. And it's Agreed. fascinating to watch because I saw a lot of, you know, when I was watching the show, I saw, a, you know, I thought of some of the relationships I've had in the past and I thought, wow, you know, it's so easy to come into a situation thinking you're doing one thing right. and you're really not. But see, I think that they both yeah. think they're being equitable and fair. And, 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 you know, I think that they think that they're giving a whole lot and they're not. And at the, at the risk of really, really kind of like overanalyzing this and going all the way back, to the discussion that I mentioned a little earlier about Ooh, the we whole can't do that. We don't about, have time. about <laughs> no, but I mean just about black folks being more judgmental of mm. in terms of each other. I personally feel like this Vaughn and Monet are demonstrating the same kind of judgment, oh. the harsh judgment that black folks assess t- to each other when they've got expectations about how the other people are going to treat them. It's just, it's just a reflection I, of that same I, I, kind of thing. I, I'm going to gonna agree with you on that. Yeah. I'm going to agree it's, with you. It's I think so, the, the cultural so, difference in relationships so yeah. is really reflected. Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating to watch that that's present I in their relationship. I think you are exactly right. Court, but they're older. Yeah. They are a little they are. older they too are. than the other, and, other yeah. couples. And they've also had to, um, um, they've been out there being independent for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't say that their family dynamics weren't harder because we, we, we see Jamie and we see Jason mm-hmm. and they came from really harsh backgrounds. Right. Um, so we, we can't use that. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah. in terms of, I think that you are right. I think that it shows the, the difference in the way culturally we function mm-hmm. in relationships. Precisely. And, and I'm okay with that. I mm-hmm. think that it's yeah. done in an equitable and, way. And, I don't think the production right. and, is yeah. um, doing anything to affect that yeah. I think this is an honest portrayal yeah. of who these two I, people are yeah. and I, that's what I like about the yeah. show oh I do too and I think I think the only thing missing for me with the show is that part of me wishes that there was actual counseling that takes place since there since is. well I mean there is and there isn't but I mean it's just kind of like I, I wish that we wit- we got to witness in the context of their stories. The pre the pre counseling? Well not the pre counseling, but just the fact that I wish they were counseling on the road. On the road to the decision about whether or not you're gonna stay married. Oh, you, that, I don't that, I don't know how far you've gotten in this show, so I'm gonna be quiet. Yeah, that's that's what I well, and I have not yet. Okay. Not just gone all the way. So yeah. I'm gonna be quiet yeah, with I that. I just wish that they're I wish at the point where I am, I wish that I were seeing more of that. Okay, so, well, but, but okay. it is fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating. Yeah, it, if, it is one of the it, few shows that I, I'm yeah, going to actually recommend. Yeah, I, I recommend yeah. that people watch because yeah. it gives you a look into relationships that I, yeah. I've not seen before. I do too, and I also think you. that I also think that one of the things that is really that was really present that was present in the weddings that I would really love to see happen, even even in those instances when people get married after after kind of meeting for more through more you know organic circumstances mm-hmm. is I love the whole thing 
about the groom's family would like you to know. I thought that too. And the bride's family would like you to know because I just think that even if you have dated, you know, for a period of time and known each other for a period of time, I still found it compelling to hear what the friends and family think are this person's like core values and that sort of th- stuff. So I really liked that. Do you think this can work? This do I think it what? I don't know. I mean, I don't Would know. Would you do it? Would I do it? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. But a large part of the reason is because a large part of the reason I wouldn't do it is because I'm not necessarily sure I need to be married. Okay. So okay. Um, that that says okay. more about me personally than okay. it does about any kind of judgment I'm making about the people who would consent to the experiment or the validity of the experiment. Well, let I me just, say this. I just don't think I need to be married. As a person who, and I talked about, um, you know, in the last episode about not doing something like an OK Cupid or mm-hmm. well, not nothing against OK Cupid, but any kind of online dating. I don't know I'm, what that means. It's a, it's some kind of dating service. I think that's the one that you do through your phone app. Um, here's I was I, I talked about being kind of anti those things. I I like organic meetings. I so like, do I. I generally, but yes. Would I do that show? I would. I I kind of like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand like, it. Like I would because of the, all of the 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 factors that go into mm-hmm. the decision making and the 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 testing and the, yeah, I mean, the counseling. Oh, I I think that that's an experiment I would be willing to try. It, yeah, it definitely does introduce kind of a scientific element. Yeah. To sort of the randomness of. You know, dating, it's, it's dating, really romance, so and that random. kind of stuff. That's, exactly. That's so yeah, so yeah, it. that it really is cool. From like I said, for me, the just overarching factor is that I just don't know that I need to be married. But I think if if I wanted to be married, I would probably consider that okay. something like that. So yeah. you would, you maybe okay. What about online yeah. dating? Do you do that? Are you are you for online dating? Um, I I don't necessarily consider online dating to be as not organic as that. Okay. Experiment, for example. So, yeah, online dating is fine. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's fine. Okay, you're going to let me set you up? Um, perhaps. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Okay. Kidding. You know, I thought you were going to say no. Yeah. So, now that you... Well, perhaps said, I should have said no. Let's no, go No, you should with, not have said no. no. That, I like that. Okay. Let's go with no. I, no, no, no. Let's go back to your original... You no, let's perhaps. go with no. No, we're going to go with perhaps. And on that, let me just say this. I talked about Uber in the last episode. Uber is now cheaper than... A taxi in New York City. So, I'm just saying, 20% cheaper. I talked yeah, about Uber in the last. Right. Uh, with well, it. see, my only concern about that is that, um, based on the fact that a lot of public service commissions are starting to try to regulate Uber, is that is oh. that condition is that condition going to remain constant? Mm, I don't know. Not so sure. Well, I just <laughs> want the people to, who are following up and listening to the to yeah. know that right now Uber is 20% cheaper yeah. than a taxi. Yeah, in a New lot York. a lot of folks are trying to get. Uber to have to comply with the same oh, rules, same same requirements that ta- taxi companies have. So. Oh, that's gonna mess it up. You know that, yeah. right? Okay, yeah, pretty much. It's a done deal. Pretty then. much. Then, then forget about it. So, okay. So, right on the air, you have agreed to let me say oh, you God, are. Oh God, I have not. Look, I'm gonna look. I'm it's gonna take the, my it's time. It's the wine. I'm, I'm going know, with a no, no now. I'm not folks. gonna rush this. I'm I'm really not. I'm gonna take my time with this, and we're gonna work this out, and we're gonna do that experiment. I don't know how I would do it, so okay, you know, we'll, I gotta we'll think about it. Out. But I I just came up with it. Um, before we go, September eighth, right, is Blackout Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and September eighth, we are asking mm. not just african-americans or black folks but we're asking everyone to not shop to not spend any money on september 8th and why are we doing that kevin why are we doing that basically it is well i didn't think i didn't think the point the point was to not shop it was to just not patronize 
anything other than minority-owned businesses. Is that am what I, it is? Am I, is that it? Is that it? Is it only minority businesses or no shopping at, at all? Because we want to make sure we're getting it right. Oh, minority. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. So we're putting that so, economic dollar so, back. So okay. I will. I will say that for me, okay. you know. I love to recycle my black dollar. So And I know I am, folks are gonna say this yeah, is racist and, and this is prejudice and, and we'll discuss that but yeah, why me, it isn't. Well well for me it really just is not, largely because of the fact that I think that the way the dollar circulates, if people understood it, that exactly. they wouldn't think that. And but, you know, okay. I am actually part of a networking group founded by by my friend Donnie Glover, okay. which is Black Wall Street, which where can they we, get information? We can on have that? a um uh, be well, more be more com. Okay. Which is Donnie Glover's. Um, okay. Donnie Glover is. Um, Donnie Glover, we a, want you on the show too. Yeah, Donnie, you would you would have a great Donnie Glover. I know, I Donnie Glover know. actually has his own radio show. Okay. But um, yeah, he would he would love to Don't be he here because other people shows. Oh, on, okay. I mean, but you but can his page I mean, now, but um, you know, he is definitely about <laughs> no, about black owned business and supporting okay. black owned business, and I think that um, you know, if black if black owned businesses thrive um then we all the, thrive the, the, really. we all thrive and it, and, and it changes the and, the behavior it changes and, so many things and you but, know yeah. and the simple fact of the fact simple matter of the fact is black owned businesses are going to introduce products into the mainstream that would not exist otherwise you know i joked with you the other day for example or, or like just yesterday when i said when i sent you like the picture of the black oh, the, thumbs the up thumb. and i was just kind of like yeah i'm going to introduce some brown emoticons i mean the re- the, reality the reality is, is you know and you know that we look for and when you've got to things, identify ourselves in those or things when yeah. you've got things like you know just yeah just things like that um okay. they only exist because black businesses thrive and we need and them. so i'm, I'm the, I'm the all need for supporting is there that. So, yeah, so i'm on that so september 8th is blackout day so we're asking I, and i'm going to correct myself it is that you uh shop in minority-owned businesses and please i know that some of you are thinking that this is the most racist or prejudiced thing on earth and we're going to have more discussion and, it, and it's really about not it. it's really not it's but I, not. we have to break it down yeah. you know and and unfortunately we are out and of time we've been talking a long time we got too comfortable so we're gonna we're gonna have this conversation um after september the 8th um okay. we're gonna come back and have this conversation about the importance of it and, okay. and just to see how it did as right. well yeah to I'm, see how, I'm what the compliance is I'm like sorry. so okay. september the 8th is blackout day and, kevin, and it's and it's a monday and it's a monday right. kevin thank you for coming back oh, and drinking the wine yeah, i you. owed you a, I, f- yeah, I guess I, f- I feel like i owe you another bottle yeah you really owe me a, you really owe me malbec but um yeah good lord i was Thanks. trying to introduce it was something an honor. new in your yeah. life and it's always I good to see narrator. you and al who we don't really hear um and it's okay during the conversation but yeah, al's gone mute on me he's um He's, yeah. he's, he's looking at my time because right. I'm way over time today. Kinda, but you know what happens when you come in? That's what happens. Right. But I want to thank all of the listeners. And I want to thank everyone who has uh, liked the page on Facebook. We've been only up less than a week. And I think mm-hmm. we're close to um, we're over close to 150. Um, so we're growing um, slowly but surely. And mm. all the listeners, please come on and subscribe to the sound page. I know you guys are listening. Mm. And again, shout outs to Africa. Africa is really supporting me. And I love, well, love, love about. that they are. And, um, and shout out to working, working Class Productions, too, because I think that you are. I think the Working Class Productions is doing. It's a co-production. I mean, it is. But I mean, it's really just cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love it. I'm a fan of like all things Working Class Productions. Let me just say all this of a sudden. Quick. And I, so I appreciate you for even introducing me. 
to the working platform class. Because it really, really, really is. I kind of feel like the next generation of 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 media you know, broadcast media. And I think, by the way. Um, we're going to say it at the same time. The, the Verve Channel special. folks. I'm we in, want I'm those in, folks I'm on need DC. them yes. to be on 106 and Park. Yes. I'm just saying. So we're putting that out there. And we're going to be sending this saying. session to the folks at BT because I have been speaking that into the universe. Yes. And since you got to and, revamp And I said the same thing without even prompting today. I mean, it's just kind of like, yes. Since they got to revamp anyway. Verve session folks. On 106 and Park. I apologize for not knowing your names. I think it's the one. <laughs> Chanel. But I love me some y'all. Chanel. You need to be there. And yeah. done. So thank you for coming back in. Thank you all for listening. And we are out.